0: Ladies and gentlemen, I'm full of optimism. Einstein's theory of relativity. We're
1: still
0: seeing it quite well through that haze. E minus 37 seconds. The fight is growing E equals 40, MC. 13. That all men are 13. created equal. About the future
1: innovations. And growing strength in the air. We can take each other down. We're not on. Something's happening. Coming up along, Station. This is Finding Your Frequency. With your hosts, Jeff Spinard and Ryan Treasure, it's time to speak up, share your voice, and hear from the thought leaders
0: one Charlie. Mark, one Charlie. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm full of optimism. Einstein's theory of relativity. We're
1: still seeing it quite well
0: through that haze. E 37 seconds. The fight is growing. E equals MC. That all men are created equal. About the future innovations. And growing strength in the air.
1: We can take care of the world. Head on. I a something's happening coming This is Finding Your Frequency with your hosts Jeff Spinard and Ryan Treasure. It's time to speak up, share your voice, and hear from the thought leaders. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another wonderful episode of Finding Your Frequency. I'm your host Ryan Treasure and we got a great treat for you guys today. We're going to talk about some cool topics Um, and I know you know, with being in media for so long and, you know, uh, operating and producing and helping folks with their podcasts and radio shows, you know, there's a a topic that comes up all the time. You know, everyone's like, how do I get an ROI? How do I get my money back? You know, you're, you're, you're either paying somebody to, to do editing for you or you're, you know, paying a company like voice America who does end to end solutions for you, or you're doing it yourself and taking your own time to, you know, make your edits and get everything precise and perfect. And, you know, so, whatever the whatever the case or mechanism it may be that you create your content, it's it's time consuming. It takes effort. Uh, you got to be creative. And uh, especially with so much different content that's out in the world right now, I think when I last checked, uh, there were something like over nine hundred and fifty thousand podcasts that were out there in the ecosphere with, you know, new podcasts coming on every day. And I think the, you know, the current status of the world with, you know, a lot of people in the U.S., Uh, I know my guest is in Germany, uh, so we'll ask him how things are going over there. But, you know, um, a lot of people, because they've been kind of sequestered, have used, you know, YouTube videos and uh, video commentary content and, you know, citizen journalism and some of these mechanisms to create content. And, you know, uh, more of that content is coming out. I uh, find myself just getting into strange projects at home when I'm there because I'm not doing anything else, you know, and so... um, um, yeah, you know, I'm a, I'm a technology guy and like, I don't know, I'm, I'm taking electronics apart. Like I'm 12 years old again and uh, it's been, it's been interesting. But so that's my outlet cause I'm already doing, you know, uh, audio based content. But um, a lot of people that are in that same scenario, I think are turning to podcasts and video content and YouTube channels and those things as, you know, an outlet uh, for something to kind of swap out the minutiae from the day to day as you're, you know, working from home. I know my, my wife has been at home since, I don't know, like February, you know, here it is. Uh, this, this, this episode is in September. Uh, we're currently recording at the end of August, but, uh, You know, she's been home for many, many, many months. And so she's got, like, all these new projects and stuff going on, too. So um, anyways, the whole point is everybody's bored. They got stuff they need to do. So people are making content. Uh, and So we're going to talk about content today and also talk about some uh, other cool things as it relates to entrepreneurism and why people do what they do and what problems are they trying to solve. And we have a great guest that we're going to talk to today. Uh, His name is Alex Reisenkampf, and uh, he's going to be joining us from Germany, which is really cool. He's a serial entrepreneur. Uh, past member of SumUp's management team and co-founder of Prestacap, an online lender for small businesses. Always good to have a money background when you're an entrepreneur and doing business because we know cash flow makes the businesses go around. Mm -hmm. Uh, He's had some successes and decided to uh, move to the U.S. to start Get Vocal. Uh, He's uh, uh, certain that interactive podcasts is the next big thing. I agree. Uh, When Alex isn't working on Get Vocal, he likes to mountain bike. DJ, we'll talk about that too, my friend, uh, and discuss what politics and society will look like in the future. Alex, welcome to the show, man.
0: Hey, thank you so much for having me. really appreciate it.
1: So, you know, I got this in-studio audience, right? Um, I picked them up on Fiverr, uh, so they were, like, super cool, and uh, they just hang out in the back and clap whenever I push buttons. It's wonderful.
0: (laughs) What else? Do you need to uh, bring them any food or drinks?
1: Um, they they do appreciate Taco Tuesday, right, which I think all of us do. Uh, so I try to hook them up on Taco Tuesday, you know, run through the drive through because nothing's open and bring back a big old box of tacos and, you know, party over here at the Voice America studio. <laughs>
0: Okay. So so they got a long week ahead of them. It's Wednesday now.
1: (laughs) Yeah. 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 (laughs) Hey man, thanks for joining the show. You know, um, I love all the stuff that you're doing. You know, you and I are in a similar space as it relates to, you know, content creation, distribution, you know, all of those fun spaces. Uh, I couldn't think of a better time to be doing what we're doing, right?
0: No, absolutely. I think things are changing big time right now with Corona and everything. So, yeah, exciting to talk about content and new ways of creating content.
1: Yeah. hundred percent, you know, um, see, I've been at voice America for 16 years. Uh, we, we, we jumped on the, in, in the sphere here back in 1999 before, you know, the word podcast was even a glimmer of an, uh, an idea. And we used to call everything on demand audio, right? Because there wasn't the, the term for podcasts and wow, it, it's been great, uh, you know, being in the space for so long and, you know, creating content and looking at all the different things, you know, as the industry has been growing up and, you know, really becoming a powerhouse player in the media space with, you know, multiple billions of dollars as a market. And it's just been amazing. We have uh, advertisers that are really, uh, you know, propping up the podcast community now, which, you know, for a long time, it was like, you know, advertisers were so scared to, you know, get off standard television and newspaper or magazine or uh, stand traditional radio ads and now we're we're getting a big spend in the podcasting space and so it's been it's been great. Are you uh are you excited about that?
0: So I must say I'm pretty excited about podcasting also from the perspective of its commercial potential, but I don't think that the ad model will work for podcasting. I think that there's really one, the top 1% of podcasters are able to get advertising deals and that's it. Yet the majority of listening happens within the creator segment that you might consider indie podcasters. Those guys are not really getting advertisers on board. And there's of course a bunch of technology that could be improved to help help those guys get a share of the advertising dollars as well, but I think that it's just not gonna happen. I mean, the growth rates in terms of uh, podcast advertisement are not quite there. I mean, yes, it is a billion dollar industry today, but if you compare that to, let's say, what online video is pulling mm-hmm. in in terms of advertising dollars, it's, it's, you know, it's Pluto compared to the sun in terms <laughs> of, you know, dimensions, right?
1: So that's what makes YouTube such a force, right? I mean, that, you know, all the, all the video content uh, user generated. I mean, there's, uh, you know, tons and tons of cash in that space.
0: There's tons of cash in that space. And I think there's tons of cash in podcasting as well. I just don't think that the ad model will work. What I do think will work is more direct monetization models and by that I mean where the creators, the podcasters are able to get paid directly from their fans and their audience and so that's one of the things that we support at Vocal, and I think that that has potential multifold what advertising had for podcasting, I really believe that.
1: Yeah, you know, that's an interesting point, too. And uh, some, you know, news stories and some things I'm seeing across social media. I can't remember the website, um, but there's a bunch of celebrities that have started to move over to this uh, website. Right. I'm sure you know what it is. Cameo. Uh, Right. Cameo. And so you you have you have all these folks where, you know, um, I was reading that one of the celebrities literally made a million dollars in a day. Right from the their fans were were supporting them, and I'm like a million bucks a day. That's amazing. (laughs) Yeah, it's 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 insane. I mean, there's
0: so so the the term for that is passion economy, or a subset of that is creator economy, and it really refers to the situation where you have a creator, whether that's a celebrity or whether that's a podcaster, and their fans, their audience who are so crazy about them, and also the content that they create, or what they stand for in the case of a celebrity, right? And are, so, are, are passionate enough to actually directly pay to get access and a certain amount of insights, when it comes to that creator, right? And so there's a bunch of different platforms um, that are capitalizing on this trend. Cameo, you just mentioned that they're one, it's essentially, you know, if you like uh, Brock Lesnar wrestling or I don't know, what, what are you into? Uh, big radio personalities, if they're on Cameo, you can pay a couple hundred bucks, for example, and have them give your best buddy a birthday greeting of, you know, <laughs> 20 second video or something like that. And so if you add all of that up, um, the creators can make amazing money through these um, through these platforms. It exists in the gaming vertical, of course, as always, um, gaming and adults lead the pack when it comes to <laughs>
1: always <laughs> pioneering
0: new experiences, right? But I think now this is established enough so that it is available for markets like podcasting. And that's really what we're addressing, not only letting podcasters interact with their fans but letting them get paid at the same time
1: no that's really cool because you know when i'm when i'm doing some content every once in a while and i've I've had sponsors come from you know a myriad of different podcast uh, spaces like advertise cast and you know pod I'm not saying porn just everybody it's called pod corn <laughs> right uh, I brought that up to somebody and they're like pod porn I'm like no no pod corn <laughs> I'm like no we're not we're not talking about x-rated podcasts <laughs> uh, but so, oh, so we've gotten some ads from those things and and they've been helpful and you know I've, I'm a radio guy I've been in traditional radio started AM and FM you know back in the 90s and you know that that business model of uh, advertising based radio um, will always work because the advertisers for those radio stations are all local companies. But when you start looking at, you know, podcasting and some of the stuff like what voice America does, you know, our audience is truly global, right? We have people accessing content from all over the globe, you know, 160 different countries. Uh, it's actually amazing to go look at the stats on podcasts and look at where the reach is, And you're like, I'm like whoa! I, they, these places that don't even speak English. So it's like I had 77 people listen to my show last week, on like in Vietnam or you know, and in, in Afghanistan, and uh, it's kind of interesting. Like uh, I feel like sometimes you know that hey, that's really cool that there's people listening to me, and we bring concepts and content to the to the table where you know I feel sometimes like the the advertiser is like interrupting what I'm trying to get across with a guest, or uh, you know, I'm I'm trying to. Like, like specifically like with our our interview, right? Um, it's great to kind of give people an idea of the state of podcast and advertising and, you know, some things that are out there in the ecosphere to kind of give them some tools to understand how they can make their content better. We talk about entrepreneurism. And so for people who are running businesses, how they can be better leaders, right? Really talking about all of these things, because finding your frequency is all encompassing in that space of, you know, we can talk to anybody about finding their frequency, which is the premise of the show. And that's, that's why I think people listen to the show because we're bringing some really cool content to the table. And, you know, we're trying to have a diverse show with listeners all over the space and not be niche. So, you know, we have people that are coming to get, you know, tips and tricks from an author who wrote something about leadership, um, you know, might be radio show hosts or podcasters who listen to this as we, you know, kind of run down the road and sometimes ads just get in the way of the messaging. Right. Um, and, and so I think that what you're talking about in the space really addresses that as well and allows the creator to be, You know, always creative, always in that same flow in that space where um, they can they can they can put out the content in the manner that they want, because that's one of the reasons why I left traditional radio was because the the narrative was being pushed by the advertisers and I'll give you an example. I won't use any names of companies or anything like that, but one of our talk show hosts was talking about depression uh, on the show. We had like a a doctor who did mm-hmm. a show like on a Sunday morning. And uh, so he's talking about depression and was talking about, you know, how sometimes taking certain medications that are supposed to help depression make depression worse. And he starts naming off some of these names. Well... We had a meeting on that Monday and the program director comes in. He's like, ah, you guys got us in trouble. Um, You know, you gotta be careful what you're talking about, what kind of specifics you mention. Because come to find out, uh, the pharmaceutical company that owned one of the drugs that he mentioned was a sponsor of the radio station. And uh, when they were spot checking their ads, for the previous day they're like whoa wait a minute you put my ad right after a doctor telling us not to take these medications and so then it was like hey you can't talk about this you can't do this because the sponsor is there right and that's really the reason why I had to get out of traditional radio because you know I can't in my right mind like endorse a product that I've never tried right so when Harry's reached out to me and was like hey Ryan uh, we're gonna send you some razor blades that are awesome that are made in Germany and you can use them right which has been a sponsor on the show I'm like sweet so I can actually try out the product before I talk about it whereas in, in radio they're like yeah this plumber's great they, I've been doing business with them for 20 years and it's all just a lie you know um, and so yeah yeah, yeah absolutely <laughs> I
0: mean I I think the pharmaceutical example is a great one and it's an extreme example but yeah adver- I mean that's one aspect of it that advertising limits you in what you can do because the advertiser is super concerned about their brand and they're, they're just super picky and anal about everything that you say, right? And then you get limited in your creative freedom and essentially in your freedom of speech. And if you have a radio show called Voice America, I believe that is not a good thing, right? Correct. Uh, that's one thing. But the other thing is people just hate, um, hate advertisements and podcasting, which really started by folks that did it for the passion, and that never even remotely planned that it would become the thing that it has become, let alone be able to make money with it, um, has created a culture that wasn't very conducive, I think, to to advertising. And so, really, the only kind of advertising that works for podcasting is ad reads, because then the authenticity and the personality of the podcaster transports into the ad. But ad reads are, in terms of the process, not very efficient, right? (laughs) Like, yeah, you can have, I don't know, the biggest podcasters do ad reads, and then their audiences are big enough for the advertisers to be able to have direct relationships with those podcasters, but not for, you know, the thousands the dozens of thousands of indie podcasters that have, as you said, very distributed but in many cases not very big audiences
1: right, right? Yep. so
0: how are you going ab- how are you going sort of have a thousand podcasters do an ad read that really resonates with whatever their content is about and all of that it just it doesn't scale it just doesn't work. And then of course the the, the freedom of speech um, point that you made earlier, And and all the while, you have the audience that's totally willing to pay for good content given some easy way of paying. And so I think that folks are starting to figure out that's the problem you need to solve give the opportunity to the audience to pay and reciprocate for the amazing content inspiration that they're getting from folks like yourself.
1: Hey, everybody, I wanted to tell you about this great shaving product that I've been using lately. Not only is it awesome, it will save you money enough to buy 26 cups of coffee in New York City or three deep dish pizza dinners in Chicago. Harry's is an awesome product. It delivers high-quality razor blades as low as $2 each, a fraction of the price of leading brands, and saving you hundreds of dollars at the same time. I really like the way that Harry's works. It has a very close shave, it's got a great design for the handle, and also the scent of the shave gel is fantastic, and it leaves your skin nice and smooth. You can get a trial set delivered to your doorstep by going to harrys.com forward slash frequency quality, durable blades at a fair price just two bucks a blade. They've cut out middlemen, manufacturing blades in their German blade factory that's been honing precision blades for a century. I'm telling you I use this product and it is absolutely amazing. Harry's has all your grooming needs covered in just one stop you can get blades, hair care, shower products all on harrys.com and just like their blades, Harry is committed to providing premium products without breaking the bank. Again, visit harrys.com forward slash frequency I want to make sure that everybody gets the chance to to go check it out. You can feel better too about the purchase because 1% of their proceeds are set aside for nonprofit organizations developed to helping provide access to better mental health care for men and and veterans. How could you not get behind the veterans? So important nowadays. Listeners of the show can redeem their Harry's trial set at harrys.com forward slash frequency. You'll get a weighted ergonomic handle for a firm grip, five blade razor with a lubricating strip and a trimmer blade. I use it every day. Rich lathering shave gel with aloe to keep your skin hydrated and I'm telling you when you get done shaving your face will feel so smooth it's amazing. You even get a travel blade cover to keep your razors dry and easy to grab on the go. So make sure you go to harrys.com com forward slash frequency to start shaving and saving today. If I look at my listener stats and I'm like, wow, if I had 50 cents, <laughs> right? For every one of those listeners, exactly. you know, and, and I think too, like, you know, you go on Amazon or, or, or iTunes or whatever, and you want to buy a song, right? A song costs a dollar, you know, it's 99 cents or sometimes the premium songs are like a buck 29 or whatever, but you know, People are willing to pay a dollar twenty nine for like basically three to five, six minutes, eight minutes, or ten minutes if it's free bird. <laughs> but you know they're paying you know that that dollar for you know that amount of entertainment. So um, you know if they're willing to pay that for five minutes of entertainment, uh, why wouldn't they be willing to pay a dollar twenty nine for an hour and a half of? Uh, striking conversation around things that are cool or that matter. Or, you know, if you're a tech guy and you do a tech show and you have people like myself that are tech junkies and I can't stop reading articles about what's the best 8K USB camera? What's the best uh, smartwatch? What, you know, uh, I do karate, so I'm always looking at smartwatches I'm like, how can I track all my stuff? <laughs>
0: <laughs>
1: Absolutely. I, I think,
0: and you know, one thing is, your audience is willing to pay for the content but when you make it interactive they're they're getting more than just content right they're able to participate they might be able to ask you a question directly they might even be able to meet someone else who really loves your show and who they might be able to become friends with and that's when you start giving value even beyond the content and that is where 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 you know members of the audience really are willing to pay more you know and then you're kind of in the then you're kind of in the psychology of why are you tipping your server or you know why are you tipping anyone who provides services to you because you know there's goodwill there and it just needs to there just needs to be a a a way to
1: transport
0: that goodwill and i think that is what um, a lot of folks are starting to realize and that's also what get vocal is all about.
1: Yeah, no, I love it. I mean, and I think for for me and for Voice America, that's why you know when we when we bring on like so we do we do live radio shows, right? That are one hundred percent live. Um, but I also have so many hosts that are, um, you know, like what we're doing right now, you and I are on zoom, right? So I could easily, bam, we could go live on Facebook, right? I could be checking my comments and interacting with people simultaneously while I'm doing the recording of the podcast or in many spaces on, um, our vertical channels that are linear that have a new show every hour, right? Um, you know, those, those hosts are going live, um, not on voice America's Facebook page it's they're going live on their page for their show, right? Um, because that voice America we're just like a conduit for people we're not a uh we're 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 like a a a soapbox for people to stand on right a technology set for them to leverage uh to be able to get out their voice and to have you know professionals in the space that are able to guide them in that space and I'm always like you guys need to do your show live do it on Facebook right so you can you can have that interactivity and even I, I know that you're you don't agree with the current sponsorship model but I have seen um a huge difference in radio shows and podcasters that provide interactivity to for the listeners um, and just from a strictly size of audience base and how fast you can build that audience or scale the audience from, you know, onset of said radio show. And like, let's say in four months, five months, six months or whatever the case may be, those shows that have interactivity components to them are, you know, a 100 percent. Uh, faster at scaling the audiences for their their content than the ones who um, just do a audio based uh, podcast. Let's say you host it on Libsyn or something like that, and uh, you're you're just uploading your audio. I had a, I had a, you know, right, and so that interactivity is is a big difference. And I've had, I've had people be like, oh, I had this live radio show, and there's something also for us with like being actually live, right? Where like you're, it's in real time. I could pick up the telephone and call this person, like you know, people used to do in regular AM and FM radio, probably when we were kids, and that nobody does anymore because now they're just like, hey, I'll send you a DM, I'll tweet at you, I'll send you a Facebook message, right? There's all these other ways of communication and interactivity that can be had uh while doing the content so i really love what you guys are doing man that's like super cool and um stuff that we've we've been pushing for a long time with our hosts is just you know you ha- you've got to make a connection with your audience uh absolutely yeah the connection the, the connection with the audience that's the key part and so you're mentioning a, a
0: bunch of the things that get vocals all about It's about making that connection with the audience and that is fun for the creators because you're getting something back right a lot of podcasters complain about hey the only really the only real way for me to understand if my audience is liking what i'm doing or not is are my downloads going up or down right Right. i've told i i don't have a feedback loop i don't know what is good and what is bad what do they like what should i double down on right so the connection is super important for that um but then also the the connection amongst the audience right if you're if you're a podcaster and you podcast on something extremely specific like horse cart racing or something like that or horse racing which would be a bigger niche right we have a
1: show on that it's called winning ponies I'm I work with those guys every week <laughs> they they do they have winning a very ponies. they have a very niche show it's and it's been it's it, it's 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 uh, a it's a different animal when you have a niche show it is very different
0: but guess what? The listeners of Winning Pony they love them. they're diehard. They're all about it. They go you know, they go to the races, they <laughs> they their fre- their social circles happen around passion. Right. That's what I meant by passion economy yep. earlier. And so of a thought, let's say winning ponies is probably a bigger one and horse racing is a pretty big niche. Um, but let's just assume it was only a thousand uh, listeners, and I'm sure it's like probably a hundred times that, but let's just assume for a second Mm -hmm. it was, right? Those thousand listeners might really have a strong affinity towards each other, right? They might be potential friends, yet they're in all kinds of different places in the world and they will never meet each other, and so, if you have something that allows for interactivity and gives faces even to these thousand listeners, then that allows them to become friends and now suddenly, you as the podcaster, you as the creator, you're not only creating great content, you're not only creating great interactivity between you and the audience, you're also connecting people that have mutual passion. And that's one thing (laughs) that I think podcasters can really do and it is, you know it's, it's more than just you know you can make money with this and it's more than it's just fun I think this is really essential in our society today that more of these communities happen around stuff that people can get together versus stuff that divide right I mean we're so like in the US we're more divided than we ever have been and I think podcasters are really agents of change to create more community, whereas you have platforms like Facebook and whatever, where where you really don't have that um, accountability in many cases. Right. People can you know just do whatever, say whatever, that are extremely divisive. So, you know, for me, get vocals also about empowering podcasters to be those we call community anchors and build relationships between people that might not otherwise have happened. And I'll give you an example, right? So we have this um, programming block on Thursdays that we call true crime Thursday, right? So it's a bunch of different podcasters that come on every hour um, and will do shows with their audiences based on the latest true crime podcast episode that they put out. And the thing about a true crime is everyone loves it <laughs> and that means that you have a bunch of people that come from all different walks of life that love it and they're like ah oh, you know true crime bullshit or um crawl space podcast i love this i've been listening to you guys for a couple years now and then they you know uh, ryan meets alex in a get vocal show and we start geeking out about crawlspace or something like that and you know, we, 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 we make a connection, we become friends on the platform, all of that. And then at some point, you know, we're friends. At some point, we start talking about maybe something else. Uh, you know, Maybe one day we even talk about politics, right? Which is probably the most divisive uh, topic that you can even imagine. Given that we're already friends and that we already have that mutual passion we'll be so much more respectful towards each other when we talk about these things that are otherwise so divisive, right? And so it's about creating friendships and connections around stuff that people love to help also more difficult conversations work in a more positive way, if that makes sense.
1: No, it totally makes sense. Are you having trouble finding hand sanitizer? Well, Spa Treat has you covered. There's no need to go searching high and low. Just visit SpaTreatOfficial.com and place your order on their easy-to-use website. On schedule delivery. One of the great things about this product, Spa Treat Fulfillment Team, is working around the clock to provide people hand sanitizer during this time of need and get your order to you as quickly as possible, even faster than Amazon. Spa Treat also has the lowest price of any of its competitors. Spa Treat has 62% alcohol content, and the FDA recommends between 60 to 80 for maximum protection. This one has 62 because it doesn't dry your hands out. I use this stuff every single day. It is fantastic. It's got certified organic extracts with the ingredients in that hand sanitizer that are of the highest quality and they're designed to leave your hands smelling and feeling fresh while protecting you at the same time. The best part, there's no tricky residue left over. None. None of that sticky stuff. Four scents available, unscented tea tree, lavender, and lemon. And best of all, this product right here is made in the good old United States of America. A lot of companies are having trouble dealing with the current demands, so Spa Treat has dedicated themselves to providing a much-needed product in the time of crisis. Spa Treat has better prices, faster shipping, and a larger supply than any of their competition. There isn't even a close second visit SpaTreatOfficial.com and enter promo code spa spa at checkout to receive five percent off your entire order that's right not only are they offering the lowest price available but they're also offering our listeners a discount this promo code is exclusive to voice America and only our listeners get this discount spotre and voice America came together on this sponsorship in order to provide Americans something they could really need right now peace of mind visit spatreatofficial.com and order yours today that's treat official.com and make sure you use the promo code S P a at checkout to receive 5% off your entire order. Spa official.com get your awesome hand sanitizer. I've been in this space for a long time and we've worked with fortune 500 companies to brand radio shows and podcasts. And we've worked with, you know, a dude who owns a yoga studio in small town USA, right? So in, in all of those spaces and, you know, everybody always asks, well, how do I get an ROI on my podcast? How do I get an ROI? I need to, you know, whatever the, and I have to constantly remind people all the time that ROI doesn't necessarily come in the form of like money either. Right. Um, You have a unique opportunity with your audience uh, in, in a space where, and I can use an example, too. I've, I've watched this happen. Uh, you know, I'm doing, a, I'm doing a podcast and, you know, I really like Alex because Alex is a technology guy. He's building cool tools. You know, um, I think you and I would get along. But you know what? I also like the idea of maybe Voice America and Get Vocal working together, right? Or doing some kind of business or something, right? whatever it may be. Um, what better way for us to kick off a relationship by me to use my platform as a networking tool Right to bring on interesting individuals and meet them, very similar to you know what you're saying with, you know the audience being able to connect to each other, uh, especially when you talk about some of those divisive divisive topics. You know, like I just met you today, right? I'm not going to be like, so uh, Alex, who are you voting for president? You know, like I'm not <laughs> I'm not going to get into that conversation, right? Um, but like you said, if, if we if we had a bunch of similar interests, we were like chit-chatting about, you know, why finding a frequency is cool and, you know, uh, why, you know, like you said, geeking out on it. And then we're able to, you know, move down to the space of having other conversations in the space. You're absolutely right. Having a conversation with somebody about politics straight off of the street and some of the videos that I see on Facebook where people do that, I'm like, guy, ooh, you guys are courageous. <laughs> I mean,
0: I mean yeah. courageous and also, I mean, the people... <laughs> <laughs> Let's be honest. The people that tr- like that really um, still ha- like actively post on Twitter and on Facebook. I would say are are folks that are, as you said, very courageous. You know, and and the the I think a lot of folks that would be willing to have those kind of conversations they're kind of drowned out because they're afraid of the courageous ones, if you know what I mean, yeah, right? Yeah. So so I, I think it's if if as a creator you're able to build trust with your audience, but also allow your audience to connect with each other and build trust amongst your audience, that is, as you said, ROI that has a social dimension.
1: Yeah societal dimension listeners if you guys are listening to Alex I need some feedback from you guys I haven't gotten any in a little while so you guys got to send me an email right info at voice ryan at you know uh and, and this is funny, you bring this up. I do this all the time. At the end, the beginning of the show, I'm talking to the listeners and I'm like, you know, and then I get, we'll get a couple of reviews or something on Apple iTunes. But, you know, I'm, I'm like asking people specifically, call me, text me, or, you know, I, know I can put out my phone number, but, uh, you know, send me an email. I'd like to hear from you. And it's like, you know, I look at the listener stats and I'm like, wow, that's a lot of listeners for very little communication. Right, and so that interactivity component is really important, and something that um, I should have been doing before. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm just like everybody else. I'm super busy. I work in this industry, and I work with three hundred creators uh, on a weekly basis wow. to, to create like you know four hundred to five hundred hours of content. Uh, on top of that, is I, I also. Um, you know, I, I can't advocate for something if I'm not. You know, I can't advocate for a Rolls Royce if I'm not driving a Rolls Royce, right? Uh, so, super important that you know the the radio show that we do has meaning in a couple of different ways, right? Um, a for me, just like the same way, like you're going to do shows on vote on Get Vocal, right? You're going to be on there. You're going to be, you know, on the platform sharing your ideas and creativity. Um, and you can't advocate for your platform if you're not using your platform, right? <laughs> that.
0: Very fair. Very good point. You yeah. can, absolutely can't. Yeah, in the, and in the tech world, I think it's referred to as eating your own dog food. <laughs> Thank God. Um, interacting
1: on get vocal feels like a better experience than eating dog food by now. <laughs> no, 100%, 100%. You know, I've, I've seen a lot of app developers come out with apps that they haven't even tested themselves, right, they, they they uh, you know, write content, put it out there and have other people do testing on it, they say it's good, they release it. And I'm like, if you're the creator, you know, they would be like Henry Ford, not test driving the first, you know, tea bucket that rolled off the line, you know, and saying, hey, you know what, this thing's pretty cool, let's make 7,000 more of these, right? And, <laughs> like do you think carol yeah. shelby never drove the, the first shelby car that he and he created before he you know had the brand if you've seen the movie you know uh he absolutely did
0: <laughs> I, I think the only the only type of uh business person if, if that could be called that should not um too extensively test their their own product are drug dealers everyone else <laughs> should make sure that they really intensively Um, as they say eat your own dog food yeah do be your own user so that you can put yourself into the shoes of your customer super important
1: so alex before we were uh before we started recording i i made a comment about entrepreneurs right i want to shift gears just a little bit and talk about you know you specifically um you know, I made a comment and I said, people don't just wake up in the morning and go, hi, I'm going to be an entrepreneur today. All right, let's go, you know, let's go walk the plank into the unknown and go start a business. Right. Uh, that's, that's usually not what happens And you. Your answer to me was, Oh no, it usually happens at night. And, uh, so we agreed that it happens at night because usually it happens because of a frustrating day. Right. We, uh, you get frustrated at, you know, your nine to five or your current situation or whatever it is. And you're like, I, I can't do this anymore. I'm totally done, uh, I gotta go do my own thing. You know, and we talked to so many entrepreneurs and they're like, you know, it's great to be my own boss but it was also the most frightening thing that I've ever done in my entire life. You know, there's some, uh, I guess some solace sometimes when you have a salary based nine to five position and you know, you're, you're not an owner of a company and you have all of these large responsibilities. But um, you know, for you specifically, what was your finding your frequency moment, your aha moment, where you you were like, you know what, I'm done doing what I'm doing. Uh, and our promo says, intest- uh, summoning the intestinal fortitude to get out there and try, right, and do something new." Uh, so, like, what was your moment where you decided, you know what, I'm gonna I'm gonna go do my thing?
0: Yeah, that's a great question. So I think it, it was, you know, sometimes you have light bulb moments, and then you just like a like flicking a switch you just before that second you didn't know then you do I think in my case my path to becoming an entrepreneur was more a a sum of a bunch of different occasions um, one of them was that I grew up um, and my dad um, was an entrepreneur as well so I already sort of Grew up seeing what it means to be an entrepreneur, and that there is liberties that that gives you, but also sacrifices that you make. Um, and all entrepreneurs listening to this and out there <laughs> know exactly what I'm talking about. For me personally, I think if there was one moment when I realized, okay, I, I got to be an entrepreneur, was when I was working for a large bank at the. That was pretty much my first job, and. I realized that And you know, working for a bank and you know having a nine to five job, I think it's super important. That's what makes our economy run. You know what I mean? Like, not everyone can be an entrepreneur. Uh, It wouldn't be a good thing if everyone was an entrepreneur.
1: But just for me personally, hey, but entrepreneurs entrepreneurs are job creators, though too. Like, uh, they they are they are. But
0: then, of course, you know the job creators still need folks that will you know do those jobs. Yeah, absolutely. If everyone was an entrepreneur, we wouldn't get get far either. So I just want to <laughs> sort of make that um, distinction. Yes, yes. But yeah, it, w- it was working for that bank, and I just felt that what I'm good at, and that's you know creating things, coming up with new ideas, executing quickly, um, all those, you know, ha- coming up with an idea and then saying, okay, great, we don't know where this is going to be, but just running with it, that was completely quenched in this job right like i came up with ideas people look at me and just say okay yeah let's let's uh pull that to the roadmap or whatever you know what i mean (laughs) and so i just felt like what i had to offer was not making any difference and not even being appreciated and i felt unhappy about it right immediately like i was in that job for a couple of months and i felt like you know this is this doesn't feel good. And then the next thing that started happening is like, I don't want to go to work. You know what I mean? And then the next thing that happened is I started doubting myself. I'm like, oh, maybe, you know, maybe I'm not smart enough. Maybe I'm not this, that, or the other enough. Um, And so at some point I just realized this has been a very valuable lesson. I cannot work in an environment as, as this is. And then I had this huge blessing, I can only call it that, to meet an entrepreneur that said, "Alex, come work for me." And uh, one of the most successful entrepreneurs um, in Europe, now you know the main investor and even co-founder of Get Vocal. and I got to work with him for the first couple of years of his uh, startup, which is now you know a, a multi-unicorn, as they say. <laughs> and I just realized, okay, wow. All of these things that weren't valued and appreciated when i was working for that bank suddenly make all the difference and make me very successful working for this entrepreneur and that's when i realized okay it's uh you know it's entrepreneurialism or nothing for me
1: Wow, that's a great story man that that that's a that's a great story and you know I, I totally get your your where you're coming from there's been uh, a bunch of times in my life where uh, like so I'm an operations guy right I I, I do you know people are like oh how does this work and I'm like all right let me give you a step-by-step instruction manual uh, you know that will walk you through exactly what you need to do and then I'll throw in uh, you know a couple of uh, option a option B things in case uh, you know something goes a little bit sideways you have uh, some fallback plan to use in, in these particular areas and so that's just kind of the way my brain works in a, in a working environment and so many times I've you know brought to management I've you know when I am not, not here uh, past brought to management you know um, we could be a little bit more efficient and probably make a little bit more revenue uh, if we did A, B and C I'm totally noticing it and you, and that's exactly what you get oh hey thanks for the input that's a great idea but uh, you know what? that's not on our current roadmap but I like it we'll put it on our you know over here for things to possibly consider in the future board uh, on the whiteboard that when they point over here there's not actually a whiteboard over there (laughs) (laughs) exactly exactly I actually took my whiteboard down. I had a big giant one on this wall back here that you see in the video. You guys can't see it on the on the podcast, it's, but see it's
0: what you're talking about <laughs> is the idea cemetery.
1: Yeah, that's exactly right. And you'll notice I have a, I have this and the it has doors that open and they're totally closed. And it's it's funny. I gave up with the whole uh, the whole you know marker board thing a while back, and I'm like, this is. I'm like, you know what. I'll, there's this thing that Microsoft has that's just amazing tool that allows you to keep all your notes. It's called OneNote. Yeah. Yeah. And so um you know OneNote's amazing and I have this cool Samsung Note to use my OneNote because you can write on it. Um and so you know I yeah it's been it's been great. No more whiteboards for me. Uh then I can I can easily send my ideas to people that need to see my ideas that way also rather than taking pictures of the whiteboard and sending them in a text message. <laughs>
0: Yeah, so so, so back to the, um, you know, what was your moment of becoming an entrepreneur? I think it's, I, I'm not one to say being an entrepreneur is the greatest thing that you can do because as I mentioned earlier, not everyone can be an entrepreneur. If everyone was an entrepreneur, our world wouldn't function. I think it's kind of, you know, it, everyone needs to realize how they work, what makes their boat float. And specifically, (laughs) if you think about security as one extreme and freedom and creativity as another extreme, where on that scale do you fall? And if you are more on the freedom and creativity and risk taking side, then you're just gonna be an entrepreneur. You're, You're not even like, if I had stayed at that bank, I would have also not done well. You know what I mean? <laughs> like I think there there's people that can succeed in those environments and really thrive. I would have been an underperformer. So the only place where I can bloom is some place that is very entrepreneurial, that is very you know free and allows me to be creative and, and do stuff. That said, yeah. like all other entrepreneurs, I pay a price for it. You know? It's, it's, it's tough. It's a struggle you yeah you mean you mean you mean
1: you mean development calls at like 11 o'clock at night and
0: (laughs) (laughs) yeah that's those are the enjoyable tidbits compared to some of the other stuff i mean you know people lose their um financial stability people go broke over being entrepreneurs right i mean it's like you are taking existential risks so Thank God I've never had to pay the price of, you know, going broke or something like that because the things that I've done um, worked out, but most things don't, right? Yeah. And so it's, it's something that you, a price you have
1: to be yeah. willing to pay. You guys have to check out this new service that I'm playing around with called Issue. It is totally amazing. You live to create, but you don't live to worry over the last nitpicky details involved in putting final touches on contact. You got to do what you do best and let Issue handle the rest. If you're a creative, you know the drill. You're finally done editing. It's perfect. Now you just need format and reformat for every single platform. With Issue, make it once. And it's ready to post everywhere. Seriously, Issue is the all-in-one platform to create and distribute beautiful digital publications from brochures to magazines and sales collateral. It's perfect for creators, marketers, designers, educators, publishers, salespeople, or just anyone that wants to make eye-catching content that can be distributed on multiple platforms. Issue makes it really simple. Just upload the PDFs and files and Issue transforms them using your vision and customizable templates to create the content you want. With Issue, you just create it one time and distribute it everywhere. Everything is optimized to post on your website, social platforms like Instagram and Facebook. They can even help you make animated Instagram stories. And the best part about it? It is free. F.R.E.E. Free. That's right. It's free to get started with Issue. So go to issue.info/frequency to sign up for your free account. That's i slash u u.info/frequency to sign up and let them know that you heard about it from this show, Finding Your Frequency. Remember, that's .info, not .com. .info. So go to i slash u u.info/frequency and get your free account today. I've spoken to a hundred different authors of, you know, books that have been Amazon bestsellers, New York Times bestsellers. Um, I got a couple back here that uh, we interviewed last year that were part of the Rich Dad Poor Dad series with Robert Kiyosaki. Um, And there was a common thing amongst those entrepreneurs, right, and a lot of them had said, you know, I had to fail like six times before my other, my next idea succeeded. And, you know, a lot of these folks that have been entrepreneurs have gone on to become business consultants and coaches and authors and, you know, sharing their expertise in building businesses and such. Um, And and that's been a common theme when we're doing interviews with folks that they've had. They failed a bunch of times. And uh, and each time they failed, they learned something and they didn't do that the next time. And the next time something failed, it wasn't because of the reason it failed the last time. But, um, you know, those are those are great stories for people like you to hear, because, you know, that that was one thing that. I, I thought that was interesting about some of their messaging was, you know, I'm doing this because I want more entrepreneurs to fail less, right? Let me, let me give you some of the insight on how I've failed. So that way, when you become an entrepreneur, you decide to be an entrepreneur or whatever the case may be, you know, you've got a, you know, semi bit of a roadmap of things to not do to make sure that you don't fall into the same space. And it's super cool of them to give that information for twenty nine ninety five 95 per book right I mean you've got to monetize your your work and your efforts and so uh, you know absolutely it, yeah
0: so absolutely and I think and I think failing think about fail I mean like just because I've been successful overall with my adventures um, doesn't mean that I haven't failed I pretty much fail every day right you know what I mean <laughs> um I think you no know, failing is more like the individual battle. You fail all the time every day, but the war is won when you stand up every time after you've failed. And so I I think, you know, failing without failing, you don't build that resilience to stand up after failure. And so it's very important. I totally agree. But, you know, if you look at let's say failure in terms of I started a project and then I had to end it and it failed, right? It ended, it failed, I didn't do it anymore. That's also a question of how long do you fight? And there are so many examples where failure is also a question of you didn't fight too long. Yes, there is the time where you got to throw in the towel, of course, absolutely, right? Right if you know like you're burning out your health or like your family's financial situation is at stake and you're risking the existence of not only yourself but people that depend on you there are times where where quitting is the best thing that you can do but i think there are a lot of times when people just lose faith faith lose hope just even though they love something stop to believe in it and it's premature and if they had pushed on just a little bit harder for a little bit longer, it wouldn't have been failure but it would have been breakout success. And so if there's one lesson that I can share with anyone who's listening um, to this, it's stick with it, right? Determination, grit, it's the single, more than intelligence, more than whatever, right? More <laughs> than how, how, how funny you are, how well you are, how creative are you are, if you stick with something determination is the key to success the one biggest contributing factor
1: stick to stick to i love that <laughs> yeah uh, you know one of the reasons why i've been successful in just in anything that i do is because not because i'm smarter than anybody not because i'm higher educated than anybody uh it's because I come in early and I work harder than everyone, right? And so th- that's, that's one of the things that I think is, is, a, is a, a specimen of stick right, is, you know, the effort that you're putting into what you're doing. Um, far too many times do I talk to people who have really cool ideas, but, like, they just, you know, for lack of a better term, they won't get off the couch, right? They won't, they won't take action on, on those things. And that's one of the reasons why I've been at voice America for 16 years. I get the, I have worked every level of this company. It started off to me just a nine to five, like a job, right? When I, in the very beginning mm-hmm. and back in 2004, when I started here, um, I was just coming out of AM and FM radio, right? And was like, I can't do that anymore, but I, I still needed work. I had to make money. I had to pay for my apartment, you know, uh, that kind of stuff. I had just gotten out of the Navy. And was like, you know, I, I need to go do something. I you know had I knew I was doing radio and all that. I just finished some school and it was it was pretty cool. And I'm you know I got a I got a student loan. I got to pay back. I need to go get a job. Uh, I don't want to work at an AM or FM. So I got this cool opportunity to come here. And uh, over time, it it morphed into something more. You know, we we were a public company. I got to do really cool interactive media projects uh, uh, when I was the uh, production the video. Audio video production operations manager, really long, giant title that barely fit on a business card. Um, but I traveled around the con- <laughs> I, I traveled around the country and worked with businesses to create, you know, cool website greetings with people walking on the screen and be like, Yo, hey, what's up? My name's Joe. I'm the CEO of blah blah blah. Look at my website. You can click here, 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 or here, right? And and they could explain it. And so it, it it was really cool and getting the opportunity to be creative in that space um, and kind of and and use um, my skills in a manner of being able to do that. And nobody telling me no you can't do that no you can't do that like I never ran into anything where um, I brought an idea to the table and they put it over here on the whiteboard that doesn't exist you know, um, it's always been like, hey, that's pretty cool. Let's talk about that. Um, and it, it, it ended up to where, you know, now we're a, a private company. We were public. We took the, the, the radio portion uh, private back in 2010. And, you know, myself and and uh, Jeff Spinard, our CEO, um, it, it was great to pull that away and run a radio, an online Internet radio station by actual radio guys, you know, and not uh, – that's awesome. not, not the board That's awesome. not the board of directors who don't even know what radio is they just they have a they have an ip strategy because we had some patents and you know i i don't know i went to court three times to litigate with i, I, had, to, I had to you know talk about to the to, 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 excuse me the yahoo lawyers three different times i had to go to palo alto and and that was like wow this is a complete crazy waste of my time all because these guys want to you know make money on on the ip strategy for that and it was great to just walk away but you know and and that's the reason I'm here, and uh, and the same reason why you yeah, do what and you now, do, you get to, begin to be creative. Love, I love it. I, wouldn't, I, I can't think myself And you love it, and I feel else. that,
0: I, like talking and talking, and you know what, even though we don't even know each other, uh, you know, we're resonating, <laughs> uh, pun intended, right? Because I can feel that you love what you do. And I think if more people do what they love, um, overall, they'll be more successful. Are we really that's working? really how you...
1: Right? like I can tell the same way like you're explaining your, your your journey to entrepreneurism and I know these folks can't see it but you, you're standing up you, you you're like you know your arms are moving you know you're excited about what you're talking about um, and I love the energy on that and if you guys if you guys can see Alex he's got a smile on his face he loves talking about what he's doing he loves uh, you know the the space that he's in he loves the fact that he's an entrepreneur even though sometimes things get challenging you know I deal with that here at Voice America all the time you know I'm like oh wow pandemic whoo i didn't have that one on the on the on the on the chart that never even made option a b or c as a as a backup plan anywhere right <laughs> yeah, right Crazy, crazy times. Yeah, we talked about this on a show earlier this month, and it was kind of like, you know, that adage of like, first time, shame on you, second time, shame on me, right? Uh, something entrepreneurs <laughs> got to be prepared for, because now that we know, now that business leaders and owners and entrepreneurs, now that we know that this is a possibility, we need to have a backup plan for in the event that this happens again, because... Uh, I think, you know, globally, right, with the, all the stuff that happened because of the coronavirus, um, you know, the e- economic impact globally is probably one of the most significant things that's happened in the last 100 years economically.
0: Yeah. It's, yeah. I mean, that's, that's a big kind of worm that I feel very strongly about that. Yeah, it's, it's crazy. I think we're, we're sort of, we're in a major black swan
1: event. <laughs> 100%.
0: Yeah. and it's not over I mean I'm an optimist otherwise I wouldn't be an entrepreneur <laughs> but I think we're we're not even close to having seen all of all of the stuff
1: that this this whole the rona is bringing. <laughs> the rona yeah that's funny they that, uh we <laughs> our audio engineers and i we joke about that as well we'll we'll call it the rona uh and you're right right this thing popped off in like september of 2020 we're recording this in in august and you know we've we're only six months into this thing basically it's like very brand new if it was a startup like we'd be we'd be we <laughs> you know a six month startup we're just barely getting going right you got to I need to go, find, I need to go get a round of funding. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So let's hope the Rona, let's hope the Rona doesn't get any round of funding, right. <laughs> Other than vaccine funding. <laughs>
0: yeah, exactly. I yeah. think, I think it got a lot of funding already. It, it, it's, it's coffers are yeah. bursting.
1: Yeah. Alex, thank you so much for jumping on, man. I really appreciate you being on the radio show and, you know, I love what you guys are doing. Um, you know, your are you're, you're Get Vocal is, is super cool. Is that live now or um, when, when are you guys uh, hitting the streets with that?
0: Oh, we're, it's live already. You can download it on the App Store or on Google Play. You can also go to www.getvocal.com and use it as a browser app. Um, There's stuff happening. It's really like now is the time to come and check it out and find your tribe
1: you know what and Alex I was serious earlier um, you and I got to connect offline and figure out uh, how voice America and get vocal can work together I got a bunch of people that would probably love to do some stuff with you I want to I want to get on a get vocal what do you guys call your sessions right is it do you have a a, a cool name vocals? for this? vocals Vocals. nice <laughs> well I want to get vocal man uh, I'd, I'd love to check out the platform I appreciate you being on you guys check it out it's uh, G E T V O K L E dot com get vocal and you can check it out and uh, Of course, we got Alex. Uh, Thanks for joining us, man.
0: Thank you so much, Ryan. Really appreciate it
1: ladies and gentlemen if you're tuning in on your favorite pod catching device uh, right, there's so many of those places the podcasts reside I don't even list them out anymore They just I just call them pod catchers Alex they're just catching the pods and putting them out there right so however you're listening to us we appreciate y'all listening to us uh, please make sure and give us a nice uh, review five stars are better than four I think we're a five star show we definitely d- d- deserve the five stars if you have any information you want to send us please info at voiceamerica.com Brian at voiceamerica.com and we'll be live next week right here on the voice America variety channel uh, so stay tuned we'll have another one for you guys next week we appreciate everybody listening ryan treasure i'm out